So, so for Anchorman 2, uh, did you know Will Ferrell didn't want to do the movie? He just said, uh, he, got, he read the script, he said, this is how much money you have to pay me to do it. And uh, the producers were like, yeah, sure, here's a big bag of money. And that's the only reason he did it. I didn't know that, but I did know that I could, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit that he was probably smarter than those guys. Because I'll bet you any money they made money, but they uh, probably got canned in every review that they ever had with it. So Yeah, they, they, cares, they're not going to get another script. They took home their million-dollar paychecks, and uh, then they're just like, oh, yeah. well, I guess I don't have to work ever again. <laughs> yeah. Our, yeah, well. All right, thanks for stopping in to We Called It. You just got a little bit of opinions of ours on Anchorman 2. Not a great movie. Will Ferrell actually agreed with us. Uh, we got a great show for you today, though. Uh, I'll be breaking down why I think New Orleans is a big, juicy pick this week. Connor will tell us why Cincinnati is going to cover. And then uh, at the end of the show, we'll be doing a deep dive on Diva wide receivers. This is all in honor of Chase Claypool's idiocracy at the end. However... They couldn't have gotten to the point where he could be an idiot without him. So, catch 22. Uh, as a reminder, I'm Philip Call, actuary and contributor at the Action Network, joined uh, with Connor Lucas, a former college football receiver. How are you, Connor? Doing great, Phil. Um, we're not going to tell the people that I bet the Pittsburgh Steelers last night <laughs> um, after the first two and a half quarters that they decided to play. They probably could have won that way if they had started that way in the game. They had a touchdown cut, or they had a touchdown pass. It was not a catch because Pat Fairmuth had it ripped out by Harrison Smith, but that was an absolutely perfect pass at the end. I went to bed at halftime thinking nothing, nothing's going to happen, 28 nothing or whatever it was. I was wrong. Turned out to be a pretty solid game to tune into. Um, before we at, oh, at the end, yes, only the second. Well, really, only like that five-minute stretch in the fourth quarter when the Steelers completely went off. Um, and Kirk Cousins turned back into Kirk Cousins. It, you got like everything of Kirk Cousins in that game, right? The, the good and the bad. The very good. <laughs> then, and literally on television, Kirk, Troy Aikman says, Kirk Cousins is just a completely different quarterback. He gets blamed a lot for losing games, and it's not always his fault. Then he immediately turns around and throws two picks, basically on back-to-back drives, I think sandwiched by a three and out, and gets them back in. Oh, and by the way, in his own territory for both of them. So, yes. And Dalvin Cook's running for 10 yards a carry. But let's, let's, you know, have Kirk Cousins throw in, you know, risky passes. Uh, At the end end of the game, so remember, Vikings are up 29-0. At the end of the game, Mike Zimmer goes, you know, with how good these teams are, every team ends, you know, with a one-score game all the time. And it's like, no, Mike Zimmer, you're the only one in the NFL who coaches, I swear, to get the score within a touchdown, no matter what. Uh, (laughs) All right. Uh, Before we get started on our picks, uh, please like, subscribe, follow. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Phil underscore... uh, at Phil called it. Connor is there too. I don't know his Twitter handle. Sorry. Somewhere. It, it's somewhere. Just, just Google him. You'll, you'll see his pretty face and you can hit follow. My Twitter handle was from my sophomore year in high school and it's Lil C Nasty too. You so should be there. Connor called it. Don't ask why. <laughs> I will change it. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, move on though to our very first game we're going to cover Baltimore versus Cleveland. Why did we pick this one first? One, 
Browns fan, got, got my Browns gear going. I lost this uh, long sleeve thing for like two weeks, or sorry, a year, and I found it two weeks ago. So that's where that number came up. Um, so I actually made a mistake when betting this one uh, on, on the app I use because I read it as Cleveland plus three, put in my bet, and then realized it's actually Cleveland minus three. So that, that was a big heartbreak. However, I did take the under, very excited about under 43, uh, Connor's on the over, or Connor's on Baltimore plus two and a half or plus three, whatever you can get. So I'll let Connor break that down, and then I'll go into the under. Not a whole lot to this, except for yes, both of these teams' offenses are not good at offense. They do not have. Um, actually, I would say I would be willing to say that Baltimore Ravens' offensive coordinator is actually really smart, Greg Roman, and he's very analytics driven. <clears throat> they have a very good coach. The Ravens have a very well. Well, wait, 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 wait. They're analytics driven, so that makes them predictable, according to Mike Tomlin, who used a timeout when they did the very predictable thing. Doesn't make sense yeah. to me. Why would you call timeout yeah. if you knew it was going to happen? Continue. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's only useful when you use it in only the certain ways that helps you. <laughs> it's perfect when I'm right. I'm not right. I just watching the full game. And watching the most asinine, crazy interceptions that Lamar had in those games, which four, four interceptions means four opportunities lost to score. And I think three of them were, I mean, truthfully, like mind boggling, throw it to nobody or what were you thinking type interceptions. Those are things that I think you can coach out of someone. It's a different if it's like, you know. Matt Stafford or Kirk Cousins or somebody who just consistently reads defenses poorly or something like that. Lamar can read defenses for the most part. Can't pick up or change. Uh, he can't change his line shifts and he can't aim for blitzes. So he has trouble shifting his line. So he needs a good center to cover the blocking schemes. But he seems to be able to read a defense. Now, he has very simple routes, very simple route tree for his wide receivers. They are not doing very crazy, long, five-step, seven-step drops with him. It is first read, second read, run. So I think he can do that. He just truly was doing first read, second read, throw it to the other team against Cleveland uh, the last time they played. I think if you take... Even one of those possessions and give it back, Baltimore wins it very easily in that they don't give it to Baker, who had himself a day, too. <laughs> that game, too. Uh, he said, uh, watch this, or hold my beer, Lamar. I'm going to go, you screwed up, so I'm going to make it worse. They make me a little bit nervous with how how many times can you hold Cleveland to under, like, 30 rushing yards. They have a tough time believing that they can do that again. But I'm also not all that afraid of Donovan Peoples-Jones, even if Marlon Humphrey is out. So, yes, I think the under would be a good bet here. I just don't know if there's going to be a, you know, they're kind of like the offense for the Ravens is kind of like the Chiefs or kind of like the... um the Bills, where they could just throw up some goose eggs, and I mean goose eggs on offense, and then they could explode for 50, and you're like, which one is that? I don't know. So I like the fact that 
Lamar, don't throw four interceptions, and you get, you're getting plus two and a half when I bet is. I would definitely take plus three, obviously. You're getting three points. Don't throw the ball to the other team. Can you do that? Done. And they win. All right, so just building on what you said, um, they have the better kicker in this situation, right? Justin Tucker, probably yeah. the get- best kicker ever. So when they're playing, it's a lot easier to be like, okay, if the Browns aren't good on offense and we're not good on offense, it's actually analytically okay to settle for some field goals here and there or to, to play for a field goal knowing that you can stop you know, the other team. So that's one thing I'm taking into account just because, man... The Browns and whatever's going on. I, everyone said it was OBJ. Clearly not OBJ based on how they've been playing recently. Uh, but as for the under, neither of these offenses uh, have proven to me that they are trustworthy right now. The Ravens can't handle blitzes. And once they do, I think that's like a, uh, you know, it goes from we, we can't score against it to we put up a million points, right? Because the way teams are playing them is they have no help on the back end. You're kind of in man-to-man defense. And all it is is Lamar has to find the right guy, and they have to win one-on-one. Well, they're full of speed on the outside and athletes. So if he hits them, they can make one move, and it's a touchdown. And then the other threat for Cleveland is they can't throw the ball. Like you said, Donovan Peoples-Jones is their number one. Yes, I love him in Madden because uh, I think it's a spectacular <laughs> catch through the roof, and he makes some awesome grabs. But realistically, the threat for Cleveland here is Nick Chubb busting out like two 80-yard touchdowns or, you know, chunk plays. That That's where their real pop comes from. So typically, I would avoid uh, like an under in this situation where I know teams have the options to bust out big touchdowns because, right, that smashes it. And then both quarterbacks are turnover prone. So that smashes the unders typically. However, I think both teams are going to come out with um, conservative game plans knowing this is a must win for them. I don't want, well, it's, the Browns need to win. And if the Ravens lose, they're in a bet. They get into a pretty bad spot. And the Bengals and the Browns are kind of like right there to catch them. So, and the Ravens have just been kind of tailspinning right now. So getting a win would definitely help turn things around. So I think both, Greg, I think both. Greg Newsome, go ahead. Greg Newsome, mm-hmm. by the way, got concussed in practice today. He is most likely out for the Browns. All right. So that doesn't. I read that. that does. I read that earlier today. That doesn't change my opinion. Just because I, the Browns have a solid set of DBs, and realistically, yeah. like I said, they're playing to keep the play in front of them. So they're not trying to shut people down. And when you're doing that, I, I don't think it matters who it is. It's like okay, let them catch the ball. If they get 15 yards, that's fine. We're gonna keep blitzing and hope Lamar makes a mistake. So, like I said, I like the under. Not gonna lie, I regret betting Browns, but. As a Browns fan, I'm still going to root for it. Hopefully it hits, and obviously I'll make money off of it then. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, all right, let's go on to our next game. Uh, Sam Fran versus Cincinnati. We both are currently liking Cincinnati plus two. Now, this is an interesting game because we're talking about it late in the week. A lot of people got this early in the week when it was San Fran plus two. So I can see why people are going to disagree with any opinions we give right now. Just know the line did flip. Um, so we did not get it wrong. I'm not saying it wrong. It's was San Fran plus two. Now Cincy plus two. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, uh, this is more about series here. Elijah Mitchell has been confirmed out. Uh, you've got Debo. Debo is questionable if he is playing. 
you know, a groin injury can flare up at any time. You saw TJ Watt go out last night because of his, he tweaked it. It wasn't even anything wrong. He just ended up tweaking it. Uh, or anything major, I should say. Clearly, there's something wrong. But I don't know if he lasts the whole game. Sure, you know, you got Ayuk. Now, you always have George Kittle. So, Kittle's been on a streak lately. Ayuk has been better, but don't have a run game at all. You got maybe a good kind of one-two, like, you got two backups in there. Jeff Wilson is formidable. You got your Michael Hasty, who's a good third down back. Uh, but I'm just not convinced that this team is that good. I, I just, I watch them. They're not exciting. Their best player is Debo Samuel, and he's exciting to watch, but he's like, you know, a smaller version of Cordero Patterson. Jimmy Garoppolo is not exciting. Their defense is just, you know, they're just, they're tough. They're a tough out, but I'm not convinced that they're that good. Now, on the flip side, man, I, I don't know what to do with the Bengals, but every time I seem to think that they suck, uh, uh, they aren't sucky. <laughs> and they they anti-suck. <laughs> yeah, I think that they are good, and then they lose to the Bengals. I think that was the last time that I bet the Bengals. Uh, I bet them, and I took them for the spread, and then they got beat by the Jets. No, you so, had the over. You were lucky. You were thinking about the spread. Don't worry. So you won that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So, man, I'm just, I don't know anything about him, but I, I, I think that Mixon's come on. Now he's questionable, so I don't know if he's going to play. But I just, like, maybe it's more of me liking Bill Burrow and me. And they seem to rebound. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's completely... Not not incorrect, but I feel like after they get smoked, they come back and win. I'd like to see their comebacks after, you know, games. I'd be curious to know that. But, I don't know. Uh, but, yes, plus two, I'm taking it. And uh, I just don't think that 49ers are that good. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like you said, the 49ers right now, so what are they playing? Their third and fourth string running back, something like that? Uh, I'm I'm not buying that fill, anyone can fill in uh, for the 49ers. I think Jeff Wilson will likely have a good game. Jamichael Hasty probably um, contribute a little, but you know they had Eli Mitchell. Uh, so wait, they're down from Raheem Mostert, Eli Mitchell, Trey Sermon, and Debo Samuel. Like they were running Debo Samuel ahead of these other guys because they know they need running backs and they ne- they need some guys with some pop. Jim, uh, Jeff Wilson and Jamaica Heisey just don't provide it. And I think this team is similar to the Browns in that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, you said he's, he's not great. <laughs> they, they, they lack receiving options, especially outside of Debo Samuel. So now Brandy, now you can get extra attention. So can George Kittle. I mean, even last week, George Kittle went off for 180 yards and two touchdowns and the Seahawks still, yeah. still won the game. So I don't know. I'm with you in that. I think San Fran is just, they're a middle of the pack team and they're a tough out. Like you said, also Cincinnati finally has T Higgins coming on. So now you have T Higgins and Jamar chase teams need to worry about, uh, San Francisco does not have good DBs. I think Josh Norman is their number two and he is graded like 110 out of 111 by PFF. 
So he is not good. He he got paid. That was highway robbery. He got paid like no did other. He get paid and, for shutting down. It, it wasn't Julio. I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. It had to be like Dez. I think it was like Dez Bryant, or I don't know who else was in that division. But it was when he was with the Panthers or whatever. Yeah. Oh, so he, he gets, that's it. Mike Evans. He he actually had like a really good year against Mike Evans and Michael Thomas. It, not Julio because yeah. Julio burned him a couple times. But yeah, they're like, oh, here's all your money. Come to uh, guard Dez and uh, whoever else was in the NFC East at the time. Oh, OBJ and completely got torched by them. So torched. Yep. So all right. So we liken the Bengals plus two. Mostly disliking the uh, San Fran though, or the 49ers. All right, let's go on to Seattle versus Houston. This is a game I'm writing on. I'm taking Seattle minus eight and a half. I might also be interested in the under after digging more into it. So I know Seattle has looked awful besides last week. And even last week, they didn't look good. If you really dig into the numbers, their offense didn't play any better than it had the previous three weeks with Russell Wilson back. The big game-swinging plays where they had a 73-yard fake punt score for go for a touchdown, they forced three turnovers. Um but this is just oh. 100% against Houston. Side note. Yeah. This is why I bet, this is why I hate San Fran, because I bet them last week. Expecting <laughs> to happen, and they gave up. Literally, they, all they had to do to cover was not give up that game-changing punt, or punt fake, and then that ruined everything. Yep. Truly, changed everything after that. They were going to blow them out. But anyways, continue. Yeah, completely just... Like a seventy, a, a fake punt, and then three turnovers too, and they weren't. Oh, and a safety. Like they did everything they could to let Seattle come back in that game. However, I know I'm dogging on Seattle right now, but Houston is that bad. <laughs> and it, Dr. Davis is playing the rest of the year. That uh huh, and that is part of my motivation for taking this pick. Davis Mills has scored over ten points once, and that was against the Patriots. Somehow against the Patriots' vaunted defense. But then he didn't score for like the half, for what, since the first drive of the third quarter and on. And he let the Patriots kick field goals and come back in the game. It's not going to be pretty. Um, Seattle, uh, they're actually the most interesting team I've ever dug into because they are second worst in yards allowed, but sixth best in points allowed. So essentially, teams are getting to the red zone uh, at demand, but then they stop them. Well, put in a terrible offense and they should likely just be able to stop them from the get-go. Davis Mills will toss him a couple of passes and fingers crossed. I think Seattle's offense finally looks average. Now I'm not going to say good because I don't think Russell Wilson's hand is good enough. Uh, but I think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are going to have huge games against the joke of a secondary that is Houston and probably a couple of just big play touchdowns. Um, they're going to have a lot of opportunities, like I said, because Seattle's offense, the defense should stop what offense Houston does not have. Houston just cut Zach Cunningham. They paid him $58 million and then cut him this week. Uh, mostly, mostly because he's a four-year $58 million guy, linebacker. The old regime gave it to him. Brian, Pat, what's that? O'Brien, Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Four years, $58 million. Was a bad locker room fit for David Coley or whatever his name is. Cut him. $58 million down the drain. He got picked up by the Titans, by the way. Yeah. Did you see Mike Vrabel's response when asked about Zach Cunningham? 
No. Stop asking me about Zach Cunningham. <laughs> I'll have he's like I'll have more for you in like three weeks or something. Just because he's like I I have nothing to give people right now, and I, I'm sure it was just like a bunch of journalists looking for quotes on the new edition. And he's like, dude, I got nothing. Yeah, that sucks. Sorry. So yeah. Uh, but anyways, just bet against Davis Mills, and you're gonna make money because he's that bad. Yep. All right. Let's go on to your next pick of the week. We're going to head over to the Rams versus Arizona. You're taking the total at over 51 and a half. I was close to taking yeah. the spread in this because it's under our field goal and the Rams suck. But you go tell us about the uh, over first. Listen, I think, what is this, the third or fourth game now that the Rams have had OBJ in their system? Look at it. He all of a sudden can produce again. Now, can he produce at the level and the beat and the and not be a cancer in the locker room? Probably not, but we can at least produce on the field. Um, I just think it starts to click here. Um, you get probably most likely Daryl Henderson back. Sony Michelle looked good last week. For the love of God. Jacksonville is a joke of a football team. They're about there with Houston, so I don't really care much for the the game that people want to make. People are like, oh, Sony Michelle, he's a killer. He's great. He had 120 yards last week and a touchdown. Daryl Henderson needs to go sit the bench. Okay, you play Jacksonville, okay? Sure, you might get some momentum, and you, but I, I, that's great to have a, two good backs. Fine. I just think McVeigh should show out this week. This is more hopeful, I guess, than anything. Hey, you got all this money. You're the most famous team in the NFL besides the Dallas Cowboys. You've got all-stars everywhere, offense and defense. You've got a great matchup between Ramsey and Hopkins. And guess what? Kyler Murray's an MVP candidate. So he's almost at full strength. They get Chase Edmonds back. This is more about everyone getting back and coming to the table. And great, as great defenses as they both have, everyone's healthy. Everyone should be playing this week. You should be able to put up points. 25 and 25, what is that, 25 and 26, 26, 26? Yeah, I think both of these teams should put up more than that. I think this game goes a bit like, I think this looks like the Cardinals-Green Bay, or no, it was the Green Bay-Rams game, 36-28, something like that. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, just the way Matt Stafford is playing, it, it you gotta you gotta expect a turnover, and not just a turnover like you know. Then the other team has to march on the field. A turnover in his red zone, so that yeah. the other team gets an easy layup for points. He's done multiple times. The only time he didn't do it, like in the past four weeks, is against Jacksonville. And come on, it's Jacksonville. Of course, they were gonna look great once again. Um, I don't. I don't have too much more on that one. Uh, it's just hard for me to say if the Rams are doing well. I don't know. <laughs> ah, over. It's just 52 points is like a lot for teams that I think would prefer to run the ball. But at the same time, they're going to give up big plays and are big play prone. So I'm staying away. But listen to Connor. He I knows did, what he's talking about. I, I agree with that. You say prefer to run the ball. Cliff Kingsbury. Clifford, when has he ever preferred to run the football? James Conner's getting like 50 touches a game, man. 
He's not getting because Chase Edmonds was out too. One, Kyler Murray was out for half of those games, and two, don't say that he gets he gets them from like pass, 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 pass. Get to the eight, give it to James Conner. <laughs> oh, and by the way, you don't get it on the first two, which you might get it on the first two turnovers from the eight. Let's pass it again. Kyler Murray is or 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 read option. Kyler Murray, walk it in. Last week against the Bears, they had 120 passing yards and 137 rush yards. Now, don't tell me anything about how bad the weather was, because that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> you played the Bears. Played they were up by 100 from kickoff. All right. Let's go on to my next picks then. This one, uh, I'm not, not going to lie. This is more of a gut kind of thing. And it's Washington plus four and a half. I know what you're thinking. Dallas is a much better football team than uh, Washington. Dallas is getting back their defensive front. And, by the way, Micah Parsons might be one of the best pass rushers in the NFL as long as they keep him at the position now that Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence are back. But Taylor Heineke, you talked him up week after week. And, man. It's like one of your kids growing up and being a doctor. That's what that is. That's what I called it from the beginning. I, I, I called him I called him Fitzmagic 2.0, and yeah. I, I liked him a lot. But, man, what he's doing with Washington right now, if he can pull off the great comeback and reclaim the NFC East, I'll be so happy. The defense is actually starting to look legit. And more importantly, their offense just can eat a whole quarter without a problem with one drive. And I think that crushes explosive offenses like Dallas. Uh, I don't think Washington will try to get into a shootout. I think they're willing to say, okay, Dallas went down, scored in the first five minutes of the game. That's cool. We'll take eight. We'll take an eight-minute drive, and we'll score right back. We'll even take a field goal. Just let them kind of sit on the sidelines, cramp up, get in their heads, kind of things like that. So I'm just finding it really hard to trust Dallas at this point after the ups and downs we've seen. And Washington's at home. It's a rivalry game. Washington always plays Dallas well. Uh, just ask Skip Bayless, who was like, oh, this game should be a pick 'em," even though that is a complete lie. If it was a pick and I'd pick Dallas 100%. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I said, da- Washington is hitting their stride. I think Dallas is currently turbulent. So I'm sticking with Washington. Taylor Heineke, don't fail me. Uh, I don't know if I have stones to actually pick this one with Washington, but I, I like, I, I just feel like, I just feel like it's the, now the perfect storm. I said that last, what did I say about that last week? Oh, I said that about the giants last week when they got that cloud lifted from them and they bombed. So, <laughs> uh, I can't go with my gut this week twice in a row. If I was going to go with my gut, I probably would take Washington. Um, because <clears throat> I think <clears throat> as hot of as boiling of takes that Skip Bayless has, he is somewhat knowledgeable of the data. If you if you if you just ignore his opinions on the Cowboys and focus on his like game analysis of what they do, it's pretty accurate because he does he, he's watched sports for sixty years. He watches the details. However, the yeah. second you get to, like, who's going to win or what's going to happen and give him projecting, <laughs> yeah. then you just throw it out the window. Yeah. And so he did throw out, I think they have 
only won one or they haven't won a single game that they've won uh, or that what they have run over or for less than 100 yards. Point being, they have to rush for 100 yards and they win. If they do not, they do not win. So Washington seems to just have hit their defensive stride. Heineke is game manager plus, so he's got upside, but he knows how to win games. Um, Gibson's coming on, and, you know, like I said, the stat that says they got to rush for 100 yards and they win, Pollard's banged up, Zeke's banged up, Dak wants to throw the ball 40 40 times a game. You just kind of go, okay, they are healthy-ish at the wide receiver position, but that doesn't matter because you need to rush for 100 yards. That's the number. I don't know if they get there. All right. So, two things. One, Washington hit its stride without Chase Young, which I think is super impressive. Kudos to their defensive backs. Two, this is the analytics man in me. People that say you have to rush for 100 yards to win a game. What, what happens when you play football is if you're winning in the fourth quarter, you run the ball more, right? So, you're not winning the game because you're running the ball. You're getting a lead because you pass the ball, and then you run the clock out. Listen, no, but that's not the point. But you're, you're missing the point here, okay? It doesn't matter if you get the rushing yards at the beginning, middle, or the end. The stat is the stat. I get what you're saying. That as says, long as you're oh, not well, saying they should run the ball 40 times. up until that point. So the point should be front load that, establish the run in the first quarter, and say, wow. We've got really good guys at running back, even if they're banged up. We did pay a guy over $100 million. He must have been sort of good. Oh, he is quote-unquote healthy now. Let's test that. Let's get 50 yards in the first quarter. Holy cow, Phil, we're halfway there. Maybe we should continue to do this. You should get a breakdown. You should be tasked with getting a breakdown of yard rushing yards by quarter and see if your little stat it that. does See if- all right so listen listen right here all right what is going to get you all right what specific to the dallas cowboys oh to the cowboys okay it's what not specific to the cowboys i will i will get that but real quick just high level teams that are losing throw the ball to score points right yes unless you're all of a sudden the cleveland browns <laughs> that's true oh my gosh they should run the ball for like like on their game-winning drives, like oh, two minutes left, let's run the clock, run the line, run it. Oh man! It's down by fifteen. Why are you running it? Because Stefanski says I need play action. <laughs> oh, but anyways, the whole point is you throw like throwing is just it gets you more yards, it gets you closer to scoring, and you have the higher potential for a seventy or eighty-yard touchdown, kind of a big play. Um, running the ball is absolutely the best for like. If you if you could guarantee me I'm going to get five and a half yards a carry, absolutely run the ball every time because there's no risk. Well, there's minimal risk with it. So it's the risk-reward trade-off. If you want the reward, you, you pass. If you want the risk, you run. Or sorry, if you want the risk and the reward, you throw the ball. If you want the safe play, you run it. You're not going to put up a lot of points, and the reason that you run the ball and get 100 yards rushing is because you're winning, which means you threw in the first four quarters. I'll look it up. I'll get it to you. I'll look up the how your proportion teams that win with over 100 yards rushing their proportion of rushing yards in the first half. It'll be complicated, but I'll I'll do a whole write up. It'll be fancy. Okay. 
just, just FYI, it's going to be chicken or egg because it's going to be either you are winning because you established the one, took off clock, and scored points while running the ball or running play action. Off. There, there are teams or, that can do that for the record. And I'm not just like Browns, San Fran, Cowboys are a team that can play that way. I just think they're better to score early. Completely side tirade. We'll do that. We'll, we'll do that tirade later again too uh, when we get go on to uh, diva wide receivers. Let's go back to actual sports lines. Uh, Detroit versus Denver. You got the under at forty two and a half. Denver's favored by ten. Yeah, huge spread here. Not picking that. Not touching that. Watched uh, Denver play. Who did they play last week? Oh, who was it? It was another game for them. Who did they play last week? Kansas City was Monday it? night or Sunday night football. Oh, yeah. Ugly game. Really ugly game. Defense is good. Detroit offense, bad. Uh, also, best player on Detroit's team. Best two. Best two on their offense. Hawkinson's out. DeAndre Swift's out. Now Jamal Williams is out. Here's your one, two, and your three. All out. COVID, COVID, and no. COVID hand and shoulder. Done. All of them. So you have nothing on offense. You have a good defense. And Teddy Bridgewater looked like completely overwhelmed against a good defense last week. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying Detroit is a good defense. I'm saying their offense is – Detroit's offense is so bad that I just think that the under here makes sense. Really bad offense, really bad offense, really bad defense, pretty good defense. Okay, that smells like under to me. Uh, there's not a whole lot of analysis here, except for that. <laughs> I was going to say, analysis. Denver wins games by a lot of points Denver, or when Denver plays bad teams. They also like to run the ball. They, their defense is good enough to shut out Detroit, and they're willing to win 17 to nothing because of it. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like Denver's under, too. I think when they were um, on their three-game win streak to open the year against terrible teams, they hit the under every time because no one could score on them because the other teams suck. All right. Let's go to, I think this is our last pick of the week, and then we'll just get into our interesting games. Uh, it's going to be me with New Orleans versus the Jets. I'm taking New Orleans minus five and a half here. And this is because we saw the Jets at their absolute best last week for the first half. And then the Eagles came back and clobbered them. The Saints, <laughs> I think, are going to come out and I think they need a rebound win. I, they're 0-4 since losing Jameis, I think. Which, by the way, should have been the MVP. Not going to say anything. Uh, but <laughs> Taysom, I, think, I think Taysom Hill is good enough to win this game. You don't need to do anything. The reason why Taysom Hill struggled last week um, against the Cowboys was because he was forced to throw. He's obviously the third-string quarterback of the Saints for a reason. If you get him into a throwing situation, yes, he can run for 100 yards. But at some point, you need to throw it, and he can't do that well. However, against a team like the Jets, he will be able to just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then hit him with, like, an easy play action or just, you know, a simple read and things like that. And I don't think the Jets are going to force the issue and create a problem for him. And that's about it. And also, Zach Wilson is trash, and the Saints defense is, I think, a legitimately good defense with a lot of talent. And they're physical up front, so they should be able to get in the backfield to cause some problems. Actually, I don't know why I didn't bet this game. I'll probably end up betting with New Orleans plus five or minus five and a half here. Also because they get Kamara back and they get both of their tackles back. 
Huge. Big game-changing thing. Nobody talks about that because we don't think about it when we're talking about that kind of stuff. But if you get – I don't even think um, tomorrow was even limited the last couple of days in practice. Now, something to be wary of, Sean Payton said the reason that they held him out of last week's game was not his knee. It was his hamstring. So he got his – his knee was hurt – but they said something about his hamstring tightening up during the week, and they were afraid that he either tweaked it or was going to re-pull it. That's a problem. Tomorrow, owner. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Ingram is out on the COVID list. So Tony Jones, Taysom Hill. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that um, Taysom Hill will probably have a big game. My, I, if I'm, I'll probably end up betting this game. I'll probably end up taking New Orleans plus five and a half. I just, yeah, Ingram is out. As long as Kamara's back, I'm happy with that pick. I did not know Ingram was out, so I am not Ingram's a good out, betting yeah. analyst. <laughs> you just have to, you just have to pay attention to whatever Kamara has. If he is really healthy, then fine. And also Taysom Hill, they can do the uh, Jalen Hurts offense with that. Get the whole yeah. read option going. Taysom Hill supposedly hurt last week, not going to run about 16 carries, 106 yards. So if, he, if he's on the field, he's running. All right. He has his player fashion for too, and that's looking for every Yeah. All right, let's go on to our kind of best of the rest. We don't have picks here, but we do uh, have interests and opinions on the game, starting off with Raiders versus Kansas City. This, this line just blows my mind. It's minus 9.5, and, and the total's 48. And I just hate it because I think I'm with the Vegas bookmakers on this, where Kansas City, in my mind, is this dynamic offensive powerhouse. But they have not shown any capability of that since beating the Raiders. <laughs> like, that was the last time they did it. But even then, that, that was like an anomaly in the stri- in this stretch they're having. And go look at it. That was the only game I bet Kansas City after they pulled my heart out like since like week three. Yep. The only game I bet Kansas City... And it was money. I I just don't know. It was, and I didn't even bet them. I think I bet the over in that game. Yep. I don't even. And Kansas City may have hit it by themselves with forty-one points. So part of me wants to go take that again, but you know what? I may end up betting this one too and taking the (laughs) over again. It's hard to just do it twice though, but. They've countered that by moving the over the total down. It was 52 or something like that when I bet them. It is down to 48 for this total. So they are hedging a little bit here. How many times, though, can a defense see an offense and or an offense see a defense and do the exact same thing? Holmes had, you know, 305 yards. He had three touchdowns or two touchdowns and no interceptions for the first, I think it was like one of his only one or two games this whole year, no picks. I don't know if they can do that again. They're healthy. It makes me think that they can, but just the eye test, if you just watch them, they just look so bad. Now, they're also playing the fact that Kansas City's defense is lights out right now. Uh, three or four weeks in a row, they are the reason that Kansas City is eight and four right now. Period. I mean, obviously Mahomes has done nothing to help, but their defense has some is something like they flashed it up on the screen last week. Top two in total defense. 
uh, in pretty much all of the major categories for the last like three or four weeks. Yes, yeah. the defense is ridiculous. So they've given up under 15 points in the last four straight games. And so that, that includes that, a game against the Cowboys and the Raiders, two respectable offenses. So that makes me go, hmm, that total seems kind of high now. <laughs> so you got, I, you know, it, it may it may be a complete reversal here, which also makes me, I don't, I'm not con- con- convicted either way. <laughs> Maybe we should take the under here. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, so I was looking at the under like it's juicy, right? But the Raiders play, right? They, they play a cover three style. Um, I think it's Gus Bradley comes from that Pete Carroll tree, the defenses that are the, what's it called? Legion of Boom defenses. And that's what Kansas City knows how to rip apart because that's um, where Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey just know exactly where to go, know how to run the routes. That's what, they, that's what so many defenses ran, and they just get shredded. Well, when teams move to the two high, and when I say high, like they ran two like 30 yards off the ball against Kansas City. And that's what gave them trouble. So if the Ra- I know the Raiders stuck to their cover three strategy the first time they played. I wonder if they're looking at it like, hey, let's not do that this time because we're the only team to get smashed by the Chiefs. What does everyone else do? Mm. They put two deep. Mm. Yeah, that works. And so we'll see. We'll see if they switch it up. I'm not. I'm not going to take it. But also, Kansas City. They just. I don't know. Like you said. When when putting together a receiving core, I think you need. It's got to be. Some, I heard someone using a basketball analogy sometime, like previously. You got to have your burner. You got to have your possession guy. You got to have um, your guy on the outside that you just hit in one-on-one coverage. And however that matches up. Oh, and you got to have. You're running back, or it doesn't have to necessarily be a running back, but your short, your short, quick hitter guy. A slot could be the exact same thing. And I don't think Kansas City has all that. They have, they have their burner, and they have their middle of the field guy, but they don't have their. You're gonna line up opposite of our burner and go one on one and beat whoever you're guarding over and over and over again until um, the defense, you know, bites and will hit them over the top. It's just when you, they, Watkins used to be able to do it, and he did it phenomenally in the Super Bowl. He actually, uh, when he was beaten up on, uh, who was it, Sammy, uh, not Richard Sherman, when they won. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not buying. I'm just not buying either side, and I don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes, essentially. So. Yeah. It's hard to do. <laughs> That's also why I picked him up on my fantasy team because I was like, hey. Uh, re- revert to the mean. Can't suck forever, right? Oh, oops. I was wrong. All right, let, yeah. let's go on to this next game. Buffalo versus Tampa Bay. Game of the week. Uh, I think this is this Sunday night. No, it's not Sunday night football. Packers versus Bears is, which I don't get why. This should be Sunday night football. Yeah. I. So I think the line's three and a half, favoring the Buccaneers. Total's 54. Colin Coward put this on his blazing five and took the bills, and I laughed. I think Tampa Bay is going to just absolutely destroy the Bills. And I would like to say detailed analysis, and there is none. The Bucks are a better team than the Bills, and the Bills are not a good football team right now. That's the bottom line. Yeah, I, I, another thing that if you look at, you, you take out like super hot takes from 
uh, you know, Skip Bayless and you take out his like crazy analogies or whatever it is. And Josh Allen's not good at football. He's good at football, dumbass. <laughs> he, he is good at football, but uh, he makes a good point. Like, there is zero reason why Belichick should have won that game. Everyone's talking about him like he's a genius. I kept thinking to myself, holy cow, he keeps giving it back to Josh Allen with a short field. And Josh Allen, literally all he has to do is hit one or two guys. And I don't care about the wind. I don't care about the snow. I don't care about that. Because it really wasn't all that bad for him. He sailed one ball with Stefan Diggs. Probably could have won the hit him in the corner of the end zone with like you know, three or four minutes left. He also literally hit Stefan Diggs in the forearm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just kept sitting here thinking, man, he should have won that game. And then Belichick looks like an idiot. Mm-hmm. How does he run the ball this many times? You get a, you got a, you know, a rookie of the year candidate in Mac Jones, and you won't give him, you won't trust him. Whatever, blah 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 blah. And now he comes out looking like a genius. I think that was more an indictment on, yes, is Josh Allen a really good player? Absolutely. Is Are the Bills maybe not that good because of that? Here's what's going to happen. They're running into the Kansas City problem. They don't run the football. They cannot run the football. Know what you're going to get with them. They are going to line up and go three and four wide, and then they're going to flash fake, and then they're going to try and throw it deep. Or they're going to run with Josh Allen. So what do you do? I bet, you know, the best way to do that, get pressure on Josh Allen. What's the best way to get Mahomes off his, off his rocker? Get pressure on Mahomes. Send the house. But you might send the house and have two deep safeties and then just try and get him to go underneath, just like Mahomes. Josh Allen has not proven that he can make the decisions to win games. And you've got... Buffalo Bills defense, who's they lost to Davis White, which we talked about last week. And, you know, I think Tampa Bay is potentially coming on. They, did they thrash the Colts? They thrashed the Colts, didn't they? They beat them up pretty good. No. I thought, I just remember. I thought they had like a comfortable lead and the Colts made it interesting. Yeah, you're probably right. But yeah, they, they beat a pretty good team, pretty good Colts team. Um, pretty solid Colts team, I should say. They beat the Colts by a touchdown. Yeah, and I just think that I don't know. I think this is more of an indictment. I, I probably, dude, I probably end up taking Tampa Bay plus three and a half on this, minus three and a half on this, just because of, of what I saw. Mind you, I always say that, and then I back off and double, you know, think of it twice, and then go, well. Josh Allen all of a sudden put up 50 points. Good. I don't know what I'm getting here. Yeah. So the, the, the pieces that make this hard for me are the Buccaneers defensive front. And then, uh, like you said, the Bills inability to run the football. Now, I think the Bills inability to run the football is because they can't block. They have a terrible offensive line. It puts Josh Allen in compromising positions. And they don't run an offense, like you said. They run three and four wide. Well, you're not running an offense suited to have, you know, a running back and a tight end 
stay in and block or chip on their way out. You're running to get quick quick passes on the outside or you know quick passes deep, and you're, you're sending four and five receivers out. So you're putting them in a bad position. Um, and then the Tampa Bay front, though, like, they haven't been living up to the expectations I set, um, even for them after the first four or five weeks. They've been getting beat up on the run a little bit. Um, and against bad teams, Buffalo's done it where they ran the ball and then set up a true offense. If they could do that, that would be great. I doubt it happens, though. Um, and then Tampa Bay, everyone's like, oh, Buffalo has this great pass defense. Buffalo is inflated by a terrible, terrible, terrible schedule. Uh, they got Jacksonville, Houston, two times against the Jets, two times against the Dolphins when it was the bad Dolphins. So... <laughs> Like they're they're st- they stat padded and now everyone says they're great. Tampa, I think, as long as Tom apparently has either Antonio Brown or Rob Gronkowski, he looks like a completely different quarterback. When they were both out, they struggled. One's back and he is shredding it again. So, I, I like I lean Tampa here. I don't bet Tampa, but I lean that way. <laughs> All right, let's cover. Uh, let's go through real quickly a discussion on. Diva wide receivers. Chase Claypool last night summarized it perfectly. We can make we can make this quick. Don't worry. I just want to get your take for in terms of another cost versus benefit trade off. Last drive of the last drive of the game is a hundred percent exactly what we're going to talk about. He got four or five catches for like sixty yards, and then he taunted. Didn't get a penalty for it, but delayed the game ten seconds and cost the Steelers chances to maybe try to get the ball closer, spike, and then uh, have a seven- or eight-yard play, or throw the ball to the end zone twice, maybe three times. Strongly that. Doubled down in the post-game presser, blamed his own guy. No, he blamed the ref. And, oh, and oh he, I, I, I just heard the ref. I don't know about his own guy. That might have happened. So, so the conversation at the end was... Now, do you think that I think the reporter asked the question, do you think that uh, you basically cost the team time and an extra play by taunting? His, his immediate response was, no, I got the ball knocked out of my hands. Well, here's what happened. He's taunting, right? He's getting up doing something really stupid. Trey Turner, the guard, is coming at him going, give me the ball, give me the ball, grabs Claypool, Claypool jerks away from his own teammate. Mm-hmm. He's like, give me the ball. Oh, Anthony Barr walks up in between them both, knocks the ball out of his hands, and here is my point. He came out after the game and said, well, Anthony Barr knocked it out of my hands, and then it rolled and rolled away. And I think Trey Turner actually went out and got the ball. Big man Trey Turner, after, he didn't even go and get it. After it got knocked out of his hands, came back, they spiked it, has a tantrum on the field yelling at Trey Turner on the field. And then at the end of the game says, yeah, it was Anthony Barr's fault. That just tells you everything you need to know. Flat out, you're going to be a cancer. Your play on the field, Tomlin is not going to tolerate that for that long. Telling you, he benched him in the middle of the game a series, but here's that cost benefit. 6'3, 215, runs a 4'4 and is a freak athlete. So Tomlin has to play him. He needs to win now. 
So you're just going to deal with it. Anytime you ever just get a flat out person that you just say, I got to deal with you, you don't really want them on your team. It's not someone to build around, period. You just say, hey, you're so good. I got to deal with you. He's a comparable OBJ. He's comparable AB. He's a comparable Terrell Owens. So so I actually thought about this analogy when we were talking about this last night. I think it's perfect. So pre-AB going public and losing his stuff, there was AB and Martavis Bryant on the same team. (laughs) Chase Claypool's Martavis Bryant. He is causing so much trouble. He's not getting suspended, but he's bringing drama to the team. And then you have Deontay Johnson, who's the AB in the situation, who at the time, no one knew except for internally, what was going on with A.B. And Deontay Johnson is better. He's shredding his guy. But you got one-on-one with a freak athlete over there, and you're kind of just mustering it up. And you're the, the Steelers draft receivers well. So to your point, I think they're just doing the, you're gone. It's a matter of time, but you're gone. <laughs> I think they're gonna, he's going to either be moved on after this season or... They are just not even remotely going to do anything with his rookie contract. Going to let it run out after I think it's next year. They're just going to let it go. Mm-hmm. They're going to deal with it for the next eighteen months, and then there's almost zero chance unless he all of a sudden decides to listen to Tomlin. And, and but I think I lost you, Connor. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got okay, you. good. Go ahead. Sorry, came back. Yeah, all. Of- all of those guys are, you know, anytime somebody makes an excuse to say, yeah, but he's so good, but like, I don't want to, I, I don't want you on my team. I, I'm just shocked. I mean, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was visibly shaking his head, like coming off to the sidelines, you know, at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell cratered his entire career doing this. Mm-hmm. Period. Flat out. And and Claypool did not learn anything. Why? Claypool is, uh, you know, he's grown up with technology. He's grown up in the TikTok, and he's grown up in the Twitter. But the Twitter. Connor verse. going straight boomer at 28, 29 years old. He didn't learn it, right? He's grown up with. He's grown up with it, so it's assimilated into him. Which, by the way, Juju has his own like Twitch stream or something. Yeah, like that. Juju's like one of the most famous uh, influencers in the world because that's my point. Yeah, my point is these dudes aren't focused on football. You don't have to be. Don't sit here and say I'm going to build my team around you either. Yeah, so that was going to be my other question. One, I think it's um, I think what Claypool did um, is not it's not a terrible terrible offense, but own up to it at your press conference and say you know what. I learned from my mistake. Next time I got to know situation. I got to get the ball to the ref and get lined up so that we can save time. By the way, the boy, a fumble that should have been called. That, that, was, that was a fumble. That was bad. That was a fumble. And it got called back. And then there was so, also poking a guy in the face with his finger. Like, if you're going to get 15 Listen, yards, smack him, man. <laughs> two things happened in that game that actually were correct should have happened that would have been correct you would have been on the bench that was the first or second drive yep i mean we're talking like three strikes you're out like sit the bench yeah but so are there receivers i mean you can think famous ones chad ochocinco terrell owens um randy moss um who else there was one on the tip of my tongue i can't remember 
Michael Irvin. All right, Des Bryant. That was the other one. Um, are there what? Is there a point where you say this guy's worth it, or are you a full team chemistry? Like, hey, unless you're AJ Green or Justin Jefferson or Devontae Adams, no. New Hopkins, who apparently makes noise and got thrown out of Houston, I'm classifying him as a good guy. By the way, if you're getting thrown out of Houston, yeah, I don't blame you. I believe. I think I don't believe he got thrown out of Houston. His making noise was, "Wow, I want a new contract." Oh, also, you guys suck. You guys <laughs> don't look like you're building this team. I want out. Uh, to answer your question, who's on your team? Because. Uh, um, uh, uh, Michael Irvin is the guy that came to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was doing like cocaine and partying and getting felonies and getting misdemeanors and all this stuff in the 90s. They win Super Bowls? Sure did. Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith. Uh, the ringmaster was who's the coach? Jimmy Johnson. Uh, my, Jimmy Johnson. He's a player's coach. He was always known as a player's coach. And, uh, you know, you've got uh, Andy Reid is known as a player's coach. Bruce Arians, known as a player's coach. I think it can last for a season or two. Don't think you build a dynasty with it. I think the stars can align, a.k.a. Tampa, last year. They brought in A.B., brought in Tom, brought in Gronk. There's one voice that needs to be in that locker room that is good enough on the field that can own somebody in, bring them in. And Roethlisberger 10 years ago could do that. And Roethlisberger now can't do that. I think Ben Roethlisberger is arguably a diva at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he walked off the field and, and started giving Tomlin lip last night. I agree to that to some extent, but here's what Ben also forgets. And this offense is limited because of you, my friend. Period. Plain and simple. Yeah. Why? Because we act like we can throw the ball deep. We can't throw the ball deep. This isn't three-step drop, five-step drop, deep post, deep ends, take time to develop routes 15, 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards down the field. This offense, your deep throws – you watch him do it all the time. Troy Aikman made this comment, which I completely disagreed with last night on the show. Yeah, they throw the ball deep downfield. They don't. Okay. Your deep downfield is a no-flash fake, sitting in the shotgun, Chase Claypool, run a fade, Deontay Johnson, run a fade. And they did it multiple times, and it worked for them. But he's throwing the ball, and Chase Claypool is at yard eight, yep. yard nine, yard ten, Deontay Johnson, yard eight, yard nine, yard ten a rainbow to have him catch it 30 yards down the field not throw it when he's 20 yards down the field put it in the air for 60 yards that to me is not a downfield well it's also there's no break to it right what you're doing is not you know i'm letting my receipt i have a i have a you know a route set up i route set up to play off each other and the look is going to be i'm going to check here if that's not open then my deep guy should be my go-to well it is just, no, yeah. that is the route. It, it, it's like, hike, I caught the ball, it's out of my hands. It, you're not actually running deep schemes. So, point being, Ben forgets that this offense is built around him, which is, let's run the ball to as much as we can, bring up people to load the box, 
where I can get a 10 to 15 yard dig or a short play. They tried to run four screens last night. I know because I got DJ on my fantasy team and they tried to throw it to him and they literally just didn't rush, sat there and just knocked him down because you know that you can't throw the ball deep. You can't throw the ball past 10 yards. Also, you couldn't read a blitz last night. Their offensive linemen could not pick up a blitz to save their life in the first half, five sacks in the first half. Long story short, depends on how your chemistry, your team is made up. Do you have one guy in the locker room that everyone says, all right, it may not be your coach. It may be a player like a Tom Brady or a Troy Aikman that just says, hey, when he speaks, you listen. And then do they respect him enough for that? Jimmy Johnson let Troy Aikman kind of do his thing and keep Michael Irvin in line. Andy Reid sort of put together a – flashy sort of offense but as you can tell it hasn't worked for you know having gotten the super bowl last you know three years but they haven't won a super bowl in the last three years bay did it because arian said let me be the ringleader take all the misfits give them to me tom keep them in line if you don't have that it is a cancer baker mayfield obj you're in trouble buddy if you're if your disciplinarian is your coach or or if, if it's a coach, it's gotta be one of those guys like a Tom. That's what I was gonna say. Brable. Tom will get Yeah, Brable. He'll he'll just not deal with it because he'll find somebody else because he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. If your style is keep everybody having fun and doing all this stuff, somebody has to be the adult. Well, Stefanski doesn't strike me as any of those things. Stefanski just seems like a, almost like a quiet kind of he, – he doesn't seem like a player's coach. He just seems kind of quiet, kind of a smart guy. I would say St- Stefanski is the guy that I would put in the Kyle Shanahan group as he's one of the best offensive coordinators in the world, but you can't pay an offensive coordinator as much as he deserves. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of just say, okay, he's a, he's a, he's a coordinator. He's not a coach. Yeah. Um, and then you got a baker who tries to be that disciplinarian, but the problem is you got to have the rubber meet the road. I said you can't you can't have the pot calling the kettle black when you're yeah. when you're acting yeah. up, and then you have Baker Mayfield who's gonna run down the field and taunt a little, get into it. No, no nothing wrong with that, but he can't be the you know no no messing around guys. Let's try hard now. Yeah, you can't be the no messing around guys and then not perform. Yeah. That's true. Wow. You have to be able to perform. Uh, then that gives you a little bit of equity. Here's the thing. Claypool has performed well. He's underperformed this year. He, he's been, he he's been a good number two when he should be a 1B. Yeah, oh, that's probably a good way to say it. But he just hasn't been able to do that because he's been disciplined. He's been an off-field problem. Uh, but... It, it, there's no good answer for your question. It's just it depends on your makeup of your team. Well, if you put a Chase Claypool on, if you put a Chase Claypool, I think the ultimate standard is on the Patriots. What happens? Does he buy in or does he flame out? Because you could have a Randy Moss, or you could have uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah. What happens when he goes to the Patriots? Well, AB flamed out. Couldn't figure out what he was doing off. The, Whatever. Off the <laughs> At all. Randy Moss bought in and they won a Super Bowl. I think the perfect 
summary for this, for your, for your whole uh, breakdown, was um, Eli Manning with o- OBJ early in his career. I know early in the career people aren't as dramatic, but OBJ had immediate success on Monday Night Football and instantly became a star. And Eli was with him for two more years. Uh, maybe three. I can't remember. At least two more years. And it never got out of hand, and it was always successful. And then you can see OBJ going to places where quarterbacks aren't the dominant ones. Matt Stafford is not a dominant vocal leader. He's just a talented guy. Um, and in the first game, like you saw, first pass to OBJ was the interception, right? Deep pass. And OBJ was on the sideline. Give not, I don't know if, I don't want to say it was giving him crap, but telling, kind of, kind of talking to Stafford, and it seemed like he's telling Stafford how it should be done and not the other way around. It, you, when you don't have that kind of clout, you don't like no one goes up to Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, even Eli Manning and goes, hey, I know you threw that ball, but it should have been like this, man. And it's like, no, 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 no. This is my show. I'm throwing the ball here. You need to be there. Very rarely do you find what has to happen, which is called accountability. Anytime you hear OBJ or I hear OBJ or I hear Claypool or I hear uh, there's another diva wide receiver that's out there right now. Uh, I, I don't know. Put insert anybody here that's like just completely vote. AB is a AB is a good one. If you completely slough off your responsibility and take accountability for anything, I know you got a problem. But I, I truthfully, I, I mean, you have a problem at wide receiver. I know they're supposed to be that way. All wide receivers are divas, like whatever. But Duke Hopkins has never been that way. That's an, that's an anti. Like he's never been a guy that has come off the field and been like, yeah, uh, it was totally Kyler's fault. Yeah, it was to- – he's had some bad QBs. I don't remember ever hearing him thrash anybody else. Uh, but your best – what Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Godwin. Um, Cooper Cup. Justin Jefferson, uh, man. There was a play where I saw – I, I, I want to say against it was the 49ers. He ran – like a like a he was supposed to be running a slant or something and he just ran a hitch and uh cousins threw it inside it almost got picked off it didn't but immediately he gets up and he goes that's my bad i ran the wrong route when you ask him after the game he'll say i ran the wrong route yep changes him oh by the way i thought you were going to ask me about cooper cup's breakdown of his uh if you saw his response after the game last week no i didn't it's a very it's making the rounds on social media. I gotta see it. Yeah, you can ask me about it next week. But long story short, you remember Deshaun Watson breaking down a defense two years ago, and the reporter asked him a question. He was like, "No, I'm trying to explain it to you. When the safeties do this, and you drop people mm-hmm. down, and I'm reading this." And he was like, "Yeah, over your head. Yeah, I know." <laughs> Cooper Cup did that basically with a reporter on uh, why he scored his touchdown versus Jacksonville. <laughs> went into a whole bunch of details. She was just like, I just wanted to know what you saw on that defense. And he was like, yeah, well, really what happened is they went from a three deep, they went to a three deep fire blitz. We knew we'd get a guy that uh, it was three deep. It wasn't a replace blitz or it wasn't a replace rolled down by the safety. Uh, so I, all I knew is I had to beat him off the line. And then I was going to have a straight shot outrun him to the touchdown or to, to the end zone. She was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Completely underrated. Yeah. We should talk about that. How uh, receivers, like, I think it's really understated the difference between, Travis Kelsey does this too, where he knows um, him, 
he, he knows how to play receiver and read a defense compared to give me a route, I'm going to run it. Which we can talk about next week. Yep. That's the difference between high school and college. I had to learn to start reading defenses in college. I was, I was going to ask you if uh, you, you had experience. I can, I can bet in the slot that's the most important. One, it is the most important. One, because you're in the middle of the field, lots of people everywhere. Two, so it's for your own health. Like, if you were running full speed where someone else is, you could get your clock cleaned just because you're sprinting yeah, at it. Slot receiver's route tree is based off of reading in college and in the NFL. Not, not in Madden. Not in Madden. You're wrong. I play Madden. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not as, it's not as rigid uh, as an outside guy or what it is in high school where it says, hey, no matter what, you're going to run this play. It's, hey, you have um, – you have post corner concept, but if it's uh, if three rolls down, if it's a two high safety and they roll down to a one high, you convert it to a seam mm. rather than a corner concept, uh, hitch corner concept, um, or an option route. If it's man, then you're going to end up doing uh, a rub route with the other slot. If it's a zone, you're going to sit down in the zone. If it's an option route and you can set him up and you can go inside of him, then you're going to go inside. If you can't make it inside, you're immediately going to come back out. Tyler, uh, Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey is probably one of the best at it. Uh, Cooper Cup, obviously. Hunter, Hunter Renfro, all those guys. Jarvis Landry, underrated. Cleveland Browns, woo! <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that, we're going to just reset. Diva wide receivers are fun to have around, I think, is where we came. But they're, uh, you know, people would say one night stand. It's a one year stand in the NFL, though. You win your Super Bowl with them, then you break up. I think I want to say Dallas did that exact thing with Deion Sanders. Or no, no, Sam Fran. They brought him in for a year. He won a Super Bowl, and then he went to Dallas because they didn't want him around because of his antics. Um, Let's see. I'm going to go through our game picks one more time. Uh, Quick summary. I have Cleveland minus two and a half in the under at 43 in that game. I hate that pick, and it's just because I can't read. But then we, I also have the football team, plus four and a half. Saints, minus five and a half. Seattle, minus eight and a half. And Cincy, plus two. Connor also has Cincy, plus two. But he also has Baltimore, plus two and a half. Under 42 and a half in the Detroit-Denver game. And lastly, over 51 in Rams versus Cardinals. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, as always... Please like, subscribe, let us know your thoughts on any of the games, and uh, good luck this weekend.